guys, and welcome back to the Ultimate Colic Podcast. So today is Memorial Day, so happy Memorial Day. And so we're going to be doing one of, we're going to be doing two things today. We're going to be reading two chapters like yeah, normal. Yeah, seven chapters, seven and eight. And then we're also going to be talk. Is that a marshmallow? Get me a marshmallow! Uh, so we're also going, so we're going to be reading chapters seven and eight. And then before Amy! we do that, but before we do that, we are going to give you guys a brief explanation of why we haven't been recording lately. To answer any questions you might have. And if you actually do have questions, uh, would you reach out to us? We'll give you uh, in the ending. I'll tell you guys. Your we'll email. put um, we'll put our emails in the description so you can reach out. Actually, his email because you can't yeah. email me because I have only a school account. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. Bye bye. Oh, actually, uh, let's get started. Or started. <laughs> Okay, so the first question you might have, this is, is not going to be long, by the way. Why haven't you guys been updating? I've been checking this place every day because it's my favorite podcast. Sorry. That is not I get really. I know it's not. I really do. I'm not no, optimistic. No, but here's the thing. I always check for my podcast to see if they're at, if they've been updated on. So maybe we have not. The reason why we haven't been updating. Okay, sorry. Is because we've had a lot, and I say a, a lot, lot like a whole week of just test, 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 test. To be fair, I do have learns, but I come back at, from learns and, and then I have on. baseball practice. Exactly. For fourth, for fourth and fifth grade, we're really busy. <laughs> yeah. I, then it's either I'm in a, I'm either doing schoolwork or I'm in therapy or some crazy thing. For me, it's either I'm at school, or I'm at learns, or I'm writing a story, or I'm at my. Or book she's just ignoring me. That one's a biggie. Yeah. Okay. But the next question you might have is, why? Why did you guys stop podcasting weekly? Well, well, we, let go. we like I just said, tried. we have, we, we've tried, but we ran out of time. So we're doing it now. And plus, we did update last week, so check oh, it. We did it. Yes, slip and slide. Oh, right. <laughs> the last episode we posted was slip and slide. Sorry about that noise, guys. It's my sister and brother. So, uh, guys, I have to check. Cassius, come back here. One other question you might have is, are you guys going to be posting during the summer? Yes. We're going to, here, I'll, I'll fill you in on how we're going to do that after we stop recording here. But yeah, we are going to, it's just going to be pre-recorded episodes. So we're not actually going to be, because she's leaving for a seventh month, seven, seven week journey to Armenia. It doesn't take seven weeks to get there. So I was just going to stay there for some. Wait, how yeah. many months is that? Three? Two? No, for summer? You're staying there for the whole summer? Yeah. Seven months. Or seven weeks. How long? How many months? Two months. Awesome! Oh, 
this is gonna be. But I don't know if you do have any other questions, we can answer it in the next episode. But no, if you guys do have any other questions, you guys can contact us, which we'll which we'll talk about later in this episode. And now let's get on to the written. Sophie had to shield her face as she surveyed her new surroundings. The enormous metal gate in front of them glowed as bright as sunlight, nearly blinding her. Welcome to Evelyn, Fitz said, leaving her, leading her toward the doors. What do you think? It's, um, uh, very bright. He laughed. Yeah. The gate absorbs, absorb, absorbs all of the light, so no one can directly inside. My dad works for the council, so he likes privacy. I guess. After her stressful morning, it was nice to know they would be safe, but she couldn't help wondering what they were trying to keep out. She doubted King Kong could get past the massive doors. A faint click sounded and the gate swung inward. A A striking figure stood in the small grassy clearing surrounded by the same enormous trees they'd seen growing along the river in the capital. A floor-length midnight blue cape was fastened across his shoulders with a clasp that looked like a pair of yellow diamond-encrusted wings. He was tall and lean with the same vibrant teal eyes and dark wavy hair. It was impossible to meet the family resemblance. Sophie, this is my father, Alden. Alden. Uh, Fitz introduced. She wasn't sure if she should go, bow, sorry or curtsy, or shake hands. How should she greet an elf? She managed a shy wave. Pleasure, pleasure to meet you, Sophie. Alden said with an accent more permanent than Fitz's. I see Fitz wasn't kidding about those brown eyes. Most unusual. She could feel her cheeks flush. Oh, uh, yeah. Alden smiled. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. I think the color is quite pretty. Don't you, Fitz? She couldn't look at Fitz as he agreed. Her face felt like it might actually be on fire. Did, did you tell... Did you tell... <coughs> I can't switch. I can't switch. <laughs> did you tell anybody where anyone else where Sophie was? I got it. Fitz asked. Only the council. Why? Sophie said, 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 someone someone tried to take her this morning. Sophie said, someone tried to take her this morning. That's better. Alden's eyes, Alden's, wait one second. Alden's Alden's eyes widened. Are you okay? (coughs) He's asked. Scanning Sophie like he like checking for injury. Yeah, he never got close enough to grab me. He just looked like he wanted to. You, Sophie muttered. Alden. Alden muttered. Okay, the episode name is not gonna be half the normal chapters. It's just gonna be called the absence. Okay, come on. Actually, Sophie thought he might be an elf. Fitz told him. Father and son shared a look. 
then Alden shook his head. Kidnapping is a human crime. Oh, is there more? <laughs> you have four brothers. I've never heard of an elf even considering such a thing. What made you think it was one of us? I might have been wrong, she said, feel- feeling silly and paranoid. I just can't remember hearing his thoughts, which was only happening around Fitz. And now you. Yes, Fitz told me about your telepathy. He reached out and touched her forehead. Do you mind? Um, she didn't want to be rude, but she couldn't help taking a step back. I, I mean, you, I mean you no harm. I assure you, I'd love to see your memories of the kidnapper, if that's okay. She was surprised he'd asked her permission. Fitz really was right about the rules for telepaths. She didn't mean like, didn't she, didn't mean like, she, Blech. Didn't mean she liked the idea of having her memory searched through. She glanced at Fitz and he nodded, trying to reassure her. But it was the kindness in Alden's eyes that made her agree. Alden placed his two fingers gently ac- against her temples and closed his eyes. She tried to hold still and avoid thinking about how good Fitz looked in his dark jacket. But as the seconds ticked by, she could feel her knees start to shake. When? Alden said as he pulled his hands away. You are a fascinating girl. You couldn't hear her either, could you? Fitz asked him, sounding triumphant. No. Alden took both of his hands. Well, I'm sh- well I'll look into what happened this morning, but I'm sure so there's more. What? That's me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is gonna Alden, be Alden, can you stop and start reading? Alden took both of her hands. Well, well, it, I'll look into what happened this morning. But I'm not sure there's no, but I'm sure there's no reason to worry. Quote, 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 quote. You guys are gonna be hearing this forever. <laughs> no reason to worry. No reason to worry. No reason Come to on, worry. read this now. <laughs> you're here now. You're here now, and I'm. You're here now, and and it's perfect. It's perfectly safe in this in our world. <sighs> he frowned in, and his head jerked to, toward Fitz. I specifically told you not to let her leap again without a nexus. <sighs> Sorry, I forgot. Sorry, I forgot. Sophie thought. Sophie thought. I saw this. She saw a guy who tried to grab her. So we had to get out of there quick. But we're fine. But we're fine. Or but we're fine. I had us covered. There, there. That's that's not the point. Alden held out his hand, and Fitz dug a small black cuff out of his coat pocket and handed it to him. Alden clamped the bracelet around Sophie's right wrist, twisting it until it fits snug. Is that comfortable? She nodded, staring at her new accessory. The wide band had a single teal jewel set into the front, a smooth gray rectangle on the back, an intricate 
symbols etched all around. She blinked when she realized they were they were letters, letters that spelled out gibberish, which seemed like an odd way to decorate a bracelet. But wasn't everything odd about the? But what wasn't odd about this world? Alden twisted the band again, and it clicked with finality. There, Olsen. Um, what is it? A safety precaution for your body. Body. Body to. Ha- your body has to break into tiny particles to be carried by the light, and the nexus holds those particles together until you can, until you your construction concentration. concentration is strong enough to do it for you. Fitz never should have let you leap without one, even with the stressful circumstances. But Fitz has had one. Sophie pointed at his bare wrist. I got mine off. I got mine off early. Keep going. My concentration is strong enough to hold three people, which is why we're fine. Sophie's not even a, a little bit faded, and you know it. Only fools o- o- overestimate their skills. Son, you sh- you never had to watch someone fade away. Perhaps you would be more cautious. Cautious, cautious. She's crying. She's crying now. Right now. eyes dropped to the ground. Shush it. What does it mean to fade away? Sophie asked Jent quietly. A second passed before Alden answered, and he looked like he was watching a memory. I can't. No, after you punched me. It's, it's when you lose too it's much. It's when you lose too much of yourself. In a leap, your body isn't able to fully reform, and it eventually, in the light, eventually pulls the rest of you away. You're lost forever. Sophie felt goosebumps dimple her pants. I do. Alden cleared his throat. It only happened a few times, and we'd prefer to keep it that way. Sorry, be right back, guys. He shot a reapproving look at Fitz. Fitz shrugged. Fine. The next time you send me on a secret mission to collect a long-lost elf, I'll be sure to put the nexus on her before I leave here. Alden's lips looked like they wanted to smile as he motioned for Sophie and Fitz to follow him down the trap path. We shouldn't keep our guests waiting. Sophie wiped her palms on her jeans and took a breath before she followed him down the narrow path lined with trees blooming red and pink and purple, every color of the rainbow. The air was so thick with perfume of their flowers, it was almost dizzying. A nice change from the smoky air back home. What exactly does this test, how exactly does this test decide my future? They're testing to see if you if you qualify for Foxfire. Fitz paused like that was supposed to mean that was supposed to mean something. Isn't that a glowing fungus? She asked. Alden cracked up. Fitz looked a little insulted. It's our most prestigious academy. You named your most prestig- prestigious academy after a fungus. It represents the blue glow in a darkened world. But. The light comes from fungus. Fitz rolls his eyes. Will you stop saying fungus? Only 
those with the strongest talent qualify for Foxfire, and if you don't get in, you might as well kiss your future goodbye. Alden placed his hand on her, sho- on her shoulder. You'll have to excuse my son. He's very proud of it to attend Foxfire, and it's definitely an accomplishment, but don't let him worry you. The earliest levels are more of a testing ground to see who develops abilities that qualify them to, conti- to continue with their studies. The ideas of going to her Alpine Academy made her head spin. Would she have to sneak away every day? She didn't know how that could work, but she doubted her parents would knowingly let her lightly to an Elvine school either, if they really were her parents. Cold chills mixed with sudden nausea as last night's trouble revelation rushed back, but she shoved the sickening thought to a dark corner of her mind. One problem at a time. Is it going to be hard to get into Foxfire? She asked. Uh, Councillor Bronte will be difficult to impress, Alton admitted. He feels your upbringing and lack of proper education should disqualify you. Plus, he doesn't like surprises. The council had no idea you existed until today. And he's more than just a little miffed about it. You only, But you only need two of three votes. Just do the best you can. The council didn't know about her? Then why did Fitz say they'd been looking for her for te- what, 12 years? I'm sorry, I didn't transition. <laughs> the council didn't know about her? Then why did Fitz say they'd been looking for her for 12 years? Before she could ask, they arrived at the, another clearing and all coherence thought, all coherent thoughts vanished. Dozens of squat, round-skinned creatures with huge gray eyes attended a garden that belonged in a fairy tale. Lush plants grew up and down, slideways and slantways. One of the creatures shuffled by, carrying a basket with twinkling pur- purple f- fruit. What? It was the only word Sophie could come up with. I'm guessing this isn't quite how you picture gnomes, is it? Alden asked. Um, no. These definitely weren't old little men in pointy hats, like Mr. Forkle's lawn statues. So you have gnomes for servants. Alden stopped to stare at her. We would never, we never, we would never have servants. The gnomes choose to stay with us because it's safer in our world. And they help in our gardens because they enjoy us. We're privileged to have them. You'll get your first taste of gnomish produce during lunch, and you're in for quite a treat. She watched a gnome dig slimy yellow tubers that look like giant slugs out of the ground. She hoped none of those were on the menu. She peeled her eyes away from the strange scene as Alton led her to the shadow. Uh, sorry. She peeled her eyes away from the strange scene as Alden led her out of the garden to a meadow with the house in the center. One so large, so elegant, she couldn't believe anyone would call it home. Part castle, part manor, it was more, more it was made almost entirely of intricate cut crystals, and among the numerous tur- turrets and gables rose a tower that resembled a lighthouse. They passed through two massive doors made of braided silver and entered a, la- a round foyer which sparkled like a prism in the sunlight. This way, 
often said taking her hand and bringing her down the widest hallway lined with fountains that spouted steams streams of colored water over their heads the hall dead end dead ended at a pair of doors encrusted with jewel mosaic with a jeweled mosaic two diamond unicorns racing across a field of amethyst flowers Sophie couldn't help wondering just how rich Fitz's family had to be to live in a place like this. Though everything she'd seen in the Elvine world spoke of wealth, it felt very intimidating. Alden squeezed her hand. You have nothing to be afraid of. She tried to make herself believe him as Fitz pulled the doors open and led them into a formal dining room. Sheer silk curtains covered the glass walls, glowing sorry, drawing the eye to an enormous chandelier, a waterfall of long, shimmering crystals that hung over a round table set with domed plates and fancy goblets. Three figures in jewel-encrusted circlets rose from the plush, throne-like chairs surrounding the table. A second too late, Sophie realized she could have curtsies. Not that she knew how. She glanced at the silver capes fastened around at the base of their necks with a clasp that looked like glowing golden keys and felt horribly underdressed. Everyone wore jewels and lush fabrics except her and Fitz, and he was in disguise. Counselors, this is Sophie Foster. Alden introduced with a quick bow. Bow. Why am I horrible at this? Sophie, this is Kenrick, Orlai, and Bronte. Kenrick was bit like a football player with wild red hair and a big toothy grin. Orlai looked like a fairy princess, rosy cheeks and long golden ringlets. And then there was Bronte. As Sophie met his cold gaze, she could see what Alden meant about Bronte being hard to impress. He was the smallest of the three with cropped brown hair and sharp features. He wasn't bad looking, but there was something strange about his appearance she couldn't put a finger on. She gasped when it when she realized what it was. What? Bronte demanded. Five pairs of blue eyes focused on her as she stared at the floor as she mumbled. Sorry, I was surprised by your ears. My ears? Bronte repeated, confused. Fitz's whole body shook with laughter. Sophie squirmed, squirmed one by, as one by one the others joined him. Bronte did not look at all pleased to be left out of the joke. I think she's I think she surprised your ears. Uh pointy. Alden finally answered. Uh our ears change shape as we age. Eventually it happens to all of us. I'm gonna get pointy ears! Her hands darted to her head like they might have already transformed. Not in a few thousand years, Alden promised. By then, I doubt your mind. Sophie sank into a chair, barely noticing the Fitz ne- that Fitz sat next to her. Her brain was on auto-repeat. Thousand years, thousand years, thousand years! How long do elves live? She asked. Everyone looked young and vibrant. Even Bronte. We don't know. Oh, wait. We don't know. Kenrick said, scooting his chair a touch closer to Orla's than he really needed to. 
no, no one's died of, of old age yet. Sophie rubbed her forehead. It actually hurt her brain trying to understand this. So you're saying elves are immortal? No. A trace of sorrow hid in Alden's voice. We can die, but our bodies stop, stop aging when we reach adulthood. We don't get wrinkles or gray hair. Only our ears age. She smiles at Bronte. He smiles at Bronte who glowered back. Bronte belongs to a group we call the Ancients, which is why his ears are so wait, wait, so distinct, so distinct. Please help yourself. Please wait. That's good. Please help yourselves. He added, pointing to the domed platters in front of each guest. Sophie uncovered hers and felt to hide her grimace. Black strips and purple mushy gloves didn't exactly scream, Eat me! She forced herself to take a bite and stunned when the purple goop tasted like the juiciest hamburger ever. What is this stuff? It's mesh cris carsa root. The black strips are umber leaves. Alden explained. Sophie took a bite of the umber leaf. Tastes like chicken. You eat am you eat animals? Fitz asks in a tone that would have made more sense if she said she ate toxic waste. Sophie nodded, squirming when Fitz grimaced. I take it elves are vegetarian? Everyone nodded. She took another bite to hide her horror. It wasn't that she liked eating animals, but she couldn't imagine living off only vegetables. Of course, if the vegetables just look like cheeseburgers, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. So, 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 Sophie. Bronte sneered her name as a like it bothered bothered him just saying it. Alden tells me you're a telepath. She swallowed her mouthful and it sank into her stomach with a thud. It felt wrong discussing her secret so openly. Yes, she's been reading mine since she was five. Isn't that right, Sophie? Alden asked when she didn't respond. She nodded. Kenrick and Orlai's jaws dropped. That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard, Bronte argued. It's, it's unusual, Alden corrected. Bronte rolled his eyes as he turned to Sophie. Let's see how good you are then. Tell me what I'm thinking. Sophie's mouth went dry as everyone fell silent, waiting for her. It's okay. Can I still use it? Yes. Shush. She, she glanced at Fitz, remembering his warnings about rules of telepathy. Telepathy. He gave, he gave you permission, Fitz told her. She nodded, taking a deep breath to stay calm. Apparently, the test had begun. Chapter 8 Sophie needed to pass. She wanted the proper education Fitz had mentioned. She wanted to learn how the world really worked, so she concentrated her eyes. She closed her eyes, trying to relax enough to concentrate. She reached out with her mind like she had the day before. 
Bronte's mind felt different from Fitz's, deeper somehow, like she was stretching her mental shadow much further. And when she finally felt his thoughts, they were more like an icy gust than a gentle breeze. You're thinking that you're the only one at this table with any common sense, she announced. And you're tired of watching Kenrick stare at Orlai. Bronte's jaw fell open and Kenrick's face turned as red as his hair. Orlai looked down at his at her plate, her, her cheeks flushing pink. I can take that right, Aldrin asked, hiding his smile behind his hand. Bronte nodded, looking angry, chagrined, and incredulous at the same, at, all at the same time. How can that be? An ancient's mind's almost impenetrable. <sighs> the key word is oh, Cassius. Oh, that's the key word, word that is impenetrable. It's, oh, I mean, it's oh, almost. Alton reminded him. Don't feel bad. She also groups Fitz's blocking. Go tugged at Sophie's conscience, con- conscience as she watched Fitz flush red. Especially when Fitz Bronte grinned and said, Sounds like Alden's. Sounds like Alden's golden boy isn't so impenetrable as everyone thinks. It's more like it's more like Sophie's is exception is exceptionally special. Alden corrected. Fitz also saw her lift more than ten times her weight with her telekinesis yesterday. You're 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 kidding. Kenrick gasped, recovering from his embarrassment. At her age? Now that I have... Now that I have to see. Sophie shrank in her seat. But I don't know how I did it. It just sort of happened. Just relax, Sophie. Why not try something small? Alton pointed at the crystal goblet in front of her. It didn't sound too hard, and maybe it was like her tel- telepathy. Another sense she had to learn how to use. She replayed the accident, remembering the way she had found the strength deep inside and pushed it out through her fingers. Could she do that again? She raised her arm and imagined lifting the goblet with an invisible hand. Nothing happened for a second, and her palms started to sweat. Then something pulled in her gut, and this glass floated off the table. Sophie stared at the goblet in wonder. Did it? That's it? Bronte scoffed, unimpressed. He needed more. Seriously? Give her a give her a second. Second. She's still getting used to her ability. Alden put his hand on her shoulder. Take a deep breath. Relax. Then see what else you can do. And remember, your your mind has no limitations, unlike your physical body. Alden's calm confidence gave her the courage, courage to try harder. She tried thinking about the clue he was giving her. No limitations. What did that mean? Maybe she could lift more than one thing at once. She flew out of breath, pretending she had five more imaginary hands to extend. The tug in her gut felt sharper, but it was worth it when the five other five goblets rose like crystal flying saucers. Kenneth applauded. Excellent control! Her cheeks warm, grew warm with the praise. Thanks. Bronte snorted. It's a couple of glasses. 
I thought she was supposed to be able to lift ten times her own, her body weight. Sophie bit her lip. She wasn't sure how she was, how much more she could handle, but she was determined to impress Bronte. So she, she must be stronger than she realized. How else could she have stopped that lantern? She took another deep breath and shoved every ounce of the force she could feel in her core toward the empty chair next to Bronte. A collect, uh, a collective gasp rang in the air as the three chairs floated off the ground, including the one that Bronte sat on. Incredible. Alton breathed. Sophie didn't have time to celebrate. Her chest cramped from the strain and her hold broke. She screamed as the goblet shattered against the table and the chairs crashed to the floor, knocking Bronte flat on his back. With a thunderous collision. Oh, wow! For a second, no one said anything. They just stared in open mouthed shock. But when Bronte hollered for someone to help him up, everyone burst into a fit of laughter. Except Sophie. She dropped one of the counselors. She was sure she'd sealed her future with that mistake. Kenrick clapped her on the back, pulling her out of her worries. I never seen such natural talent. You've even you you're even a natural you're even a natural at our language. Your accent is perfect, almost as perfect as these guys. She, he pointed to Alton and Fitz. I'm sorry, what? She asked, assuming she'd heard him wrong. Fitz laughed. You've been speaking in all in the enlightened language, enlightened language since we leaped here. You just like, just like you did yesterday. She was speaking in a different language, with a different accent. All language, all language is instinctive. Alden explained. You speak from birth. I'm sure people thought you were an interesting baby, though to humans all language sounds like like babbling. Her parents were always teasing her about what a noisy baby she was. She gripped the table. Is there a word that sounds like soybean in English? Soybean. Alden asked. I used to say it as a baby. Uh, my parents said I was just trying to say my name and mispronouncing it. They even turned it into a nickname, a really annoying one. She blushed when Fitz chuckled beside her. Henrik shrugged. I can't, I can't think of what you, what that would be. Fitz and Orly nodded, but Alden looked pale. What is it? Bronte asked him, still dusting off his cape from the ball. Alden waved the words away. Probably nothing. I'll decide if it's I'll decide if it's nothing. Bronte insisted. Alden sighed. It's possible she was saying shoulder, but it's a stretch. Bronte's mouth tightened to a hard line. What does soldrine mean? Sophie asked. Alden hesitated before he answered. It's the proper name for a moonlock, a rare species of bird. And that's bad because... She hated the way everyone was looking at her, like she was a puzzle they couldn't solve. Puzzles were look always looking at her that way, but usually she could hear their thoughts and know what they were also thinking, and know why they were so bothered. She missed that now. 
It's not bad. It's just interesting. Ogden said quietly. Bronte snorted. It's troubling what it is. Why would it be troubling? Sophie asked. It's... It would be an uncomfortable coincidence. But that's most likely that you're... It is most likely you're trying to say your name. So it's... So it's natural you're hearing. You're hearing it all the time. So it's natural and that you would try to repeat it. Alden said it, it like he was trying to convince himself as much as her. Well, I think I... Well... Well, I've... Wait, what? Well, I've heard quite enough to make my decision. Bronte barked, shoving all thoughts of Moonlarks out of her mind. I vote against. And you will not convince me otherwise. Sophie wasn't surprised, but she couldn't fight off her panic. Has she failed? Kenrick shook his head. You're not... You're being absurd, Bronte. I vote in favor. And you won't convince me otherwise. She held her breath as all eyes turned to Orlai for the last for the final vote. Orlai hadn't said a word the entire time, so Sophie had no idea where she stood. Give me your hand, Orlai. Orlai said in a voice fragile and lovely as her face. Orla is an empath. Fitz explained. She can feel what your, she can feel your most emotions. Sophie's arm shook as she extended her hand. Orla grasped it with a delicate touch. I, I feel a lot of fear and confusion. Orla whispered. But I never, but I never felt such sincerity. And there's something else. I'm not sure I can describe it. She opened her huge azure eyes and stared at Sophie. You have my vote. Alden clapped his hands together with a huge grin. That's that settles that settles it then. From for now. For for now. For, for now. Oh, Bronte corrected. This won't. This will be revisited. Revisited. I'll make sure of it. Alden's smile faded. We should wait till the when. We sh- we should wait till we should wait till the end of the year. Give Sophie some time to adjust. Kenrick announced. Yeah. Excellent. Alden agreed. <laughs> Bronte grumbled. Ah. In, in, I invoke my right as a senior counselor to the band of pro. Alden rose with a nod. I planned as much. I planned as much. I planned as much. I've arranged to, to bring her to Quinman as soon as we're done here. Sophie knew she should celebrate, but she was too busy trying to decipher the word pro. Yeah. That didn't sound fun. What's a pro? She asked Fitz as all and all she asked Fitz as Alden led everyone else out of the room. Fitz leaned back in his chair. 
It's just a different way to read your mind. It's no big deal. It happens all the time when you when you're in telepathy training, which looks like you've beaten. I can't believe you passed. It looked iffy for there for a minute. I know. She sighed. Why did Bronte decide to probe? Because he's a pain. Well, that, and I think he's worried that my dad, my dad couldn't read your mind. Worried? I guess maybe bothered is a better word. My dad's really, uh, really. My dad, dad's a really good, is really good. So I, and so am I. He flashed a cocky grin. So if we can, if we can't read your mind, it's kind of like who can't? Okay, she said, trying to make sense of what he was saying. But what? But why does he care if no one can read my mind? Probably because you're of your upbringing. She took a deep breath, reluctant to say the next words. You mean that the fact that my family's human and I'm not? A second passed before he nodded. Emptiness exploded inside her. So this wasn't a mistake. She really wasn't related. <laughs> she really wasn't related to her family. And Fitz knew. He wouldn't look at her, and she could tell he was uncomfortable. She choked down the pain, saving it for later when she tried to sound, to, when she'd be able to deal with it in private. She cleared her throat, trying to sound normal. Why would that concern him? Because it's never happened before. The warm, bright room suddenly felt colder. Never? No. It was a tiny word, but the implications it carried were huge. Why was she living with humans? Before she could ask, Alden swept back into the room. Sophie, why don't Sophie, why don't you come with me, and we'll get you something else to wear. You better change too, Fitz. Sophie hesitated. She should probably uh, make them take her home. Her parents had to know by now that she ditched before. Then again, she was already in trouble. Might as well stall the punishment as long as possible. Plus, she wasn't ready to go home. To go home yet. Where are we going? She asked as she followed Alton out of the room. Alton smiled. How would you like to see Atlantis? Well, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you follow and the other host had to take a leave because her annoying siblings. Yes, I I know you're probably listening. Alma and Tanaheen interrupted us and said they had she had to go home. But I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Um, look in the description when this video posts. It should have our description. The description I'm going to write. She. Well, it's not going to have it immediately, but but it will. But I hope you all enjoyed this, and goodbye. Oh, and also remember, if you want to, um, if you.
you want to reach out to us using this Gmail, CaptionsLoveDogs at gmail.com, I'll tell you exactly, but it'll have the type in the the thing, but comment, tell us if you have any questions, and, well, I'll catch you all later, so we'll see, and goodbye.